welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Thank you, Pastor Jake and Jenny. I'm pleased to be able to uh, share this morning um, on our Grow series, particularly around the area of prayer. Uh, for me, prayer is fun. Choke, choke. Um, really, it is fun. It's the funnest thing that I can do, actually. And uh, I think I'll, I'll just share a few things with you initially here this morning, but let's just bow our hearts in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the power of prayer. And I thank you for your anointing this morning that enables us. And we just invite your anointing, Lord, to enable me to speak what you would have me speak and also for us to be able to hear what you would have us hear. And we commit this time to you now, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. So let's have fun as we learn about prayer this morning. Uh, just some thoughts that the Lord has uh, downloaded to my heart over, over time and, and recently is that I know that sometimes prayer can be kind of daunting, maybe perhaps intimidating, particularly if we are around people who are seasoned and um, well-trained in the things of the Spirit and in prayer, and that may kind of cause us to want to just back away and think, well, I, I can't pray like that. I, I don't have those prayer skills. I don't have that ability. But, you know, I think we've complicated prayer a lot, and the Lord wants us to understand that it, it's simple expression, and there's many expressions of prayer that we can enter into. And really, the bottom line is it is just talking to God and allowing him to talk to us. And he wants more than anything else to have relationship with us, to have communion with us, to have fellowship with us. And uh, he enjoys that, and he wants us to enjoy that as well. You know, God wants prayer to be our first defense, not our last resort. And sometimes that is the case. When we, we get under pressure and, and things happen in our life circumstances, then we somehow find ourselves falling to our knees. And that's a good thing. But God wants us to know that prayer can be our first defense, our first line of defense. So we're not called just to be believers, but we're called to be disciples, to be personal, dedicated followers of Jesus. And uh, part of prayer, there is discipline to it, but God wants to move us beyond just the discipline of prayer to a place of desiring to pray and then to come to a place of delight in prayer. And that's where the fun really begins, when you really delight in prayer and the presence of the Holy Spirit comes. The Lord uh, has just recently uh, shared with me just a phrase. You know, he'll just give you little phrases in your spirit or in your heart, and, and they'll quicken in your spirit, and they'll give you life. And, and the words that he spoke into my heart were, walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Just walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Listen to his voice and let us lead him in his footsteps. And as I started to think about that a little bit more, and particularly around the area of prayer, that Jesus himself went from one place of prayer to another place of prayer. 
And as he walked with his father, ultimately, where did he end in that place of prayer? And he went to the cross. He went to the grave. He was uh, risen from the dead, as we're going to celebrate soon here next month. But ultimately, the word says in Hebrews 7.25 that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's ever making intercession for us. That is just so wonderful and amazing. You know, I'm sure... God, Jesus has so many kingdom dynamics that he is praying about. But the thing that's so wonderful is that that's a personal, personal thing. That God, Jesus himself, is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's praying for me. He's praying for you. He's interceding for you. For the circumstances of your life. The things that are troubling to you. The things that you want breakthrough for. Jesus is ever living to make intercession for us and for us as individuals. I believe that uh, our core identity as a church, as the church, should be to be a house of prayer. To be a house of prayer. And we know the story when Jesus went into the temple and uh, he saw them with, doing all kinds of activities and they were buying and selling and a righteous anger rose up in him, and he just turned over those tables. And what did he declare? He declared from Isaiah 56, 7, My house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. That was the cry of the Spirit through Jesus. That was the prayer of his heart, that, his, that the house of God would be a house of prayer. And I believe that because we're the dwelling place of God, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we as individuals can be a house of prayer. That God wants to make our homes a house of prayer, a place where the presence of God dwells and where we can experience him more and more. And so we're moving to that place of, of delight in the Lord. You know, um, there's a phrase that says, some things are better caught than taught. I am going to teach you a little bit this morning, but especially the spirit of prayer. I think it was someone this morning um, it was Glenn who said he prayed that there would be something contagious in our midst this morning. And this contagion would be something that would be positive, not something that's going to be negative in our life, that, that God wants us to catch the spirit of prayer. For some of you, you've heard me speak about this often. And I never grow tired of speaking about it because I've, I've caught it. <laughs> I've got a contagion in me, and I want to share it with other people, and I want you to catch it too. I'm contagious. People are filled with the Holy Ghost. They're contagious. So if you want to catch something, get near people who are filled with the anointing, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you'll catch what's on them. That's just the way it works with God, and it's a wonderful thing. So if you want to learn how to pray, if you want to experience the delight of prayer, get close to someone who is a prayer warrior. Get close to someone who's exercised in the spirit and who knows how to flow. Get close to them and it's going to rub off on you and you're going to get something that's not going to harm you, but it's going to be life-changing and it will be a delight to your heart. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about my early development years when I was growing up. My uh, grandparents had a... Uh, apartment building that's on West Broadway. I believe that building is still there to this day. 
And from the time I was born until I was six years, my parents had a, an apartment suite in that building. My grandparents had a suite as well. And I spent much time with my uh, grandparents. It, it was a really unique place. It was an old apartment. There was all kinds of nooks and crannies. It was a really exciting place for a little girl to explore. And, uh, but one thing that was really a blessing to me was that I would go to my grandmother's, and sometimes she would be not well, and she'd be on her bed. But I remember her laying on her bed, and I remember as a little girl just hearing my grandmother had very broken English. In a sense, she was Norwegian, and uh, she would pray. She would pray in her English language. She would pray in her home language. But more than anything else, she would pray in the Holy Spirit. And I would listen to her praying, and I would listen to her praying in the Holy Spirit in her heavenly language. And I know that I caught something when I was just a little girl. I caught something in the Spirit that has never left me. And so we want to get close to that, to that anointing, and we want to experience that spirit of prayer. He wants us to catch something in the Spirit this morning. I'm going to teach you a little bit. We're going to teach, or the Holy Spirit is going to teach us this morning. And it's about the model prayer or the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. And I never get tired of this portion of scripture because as you study it and as you experience it, it just starts to unpack for you and it starts to develop and it grows and it helps us to have a key and a way to pray that is helpful to us, that is not complicated. And we know that in Luke 11, 1, that it says that uh, Jesus came from a place of prayer and one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And uh, then I'm going to just look at the portion of scripture in Matthew 6. It's the same prayer, but it's expressed just a little bit differently. We're going to read that through. And then uh, I believe the Lord wants to just unpack that for us a little bit this morning. And it says from verse 9 to 13, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Often we hear Pastor Jake, he's always saying that, isn't he? Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forget our, give our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Some of us remember the days when in public school, every single day, we, will get, we would get up and recite the Lord's Prayer. I think I'm sure we took it for granted a little bit because we've come so far from those foundations that God wanted to establish in our nation and so it's important that, that those foundations be kept, particularly for us who are his disciples. And so we're, we're just going to unpack this a little bit, and I hope it will be helpful to us as we are endeavoring to grow in the spirit of prayer. There are seven major topics in this uh, prayer, and each of those topics represents a human need. Again, we hear the heart of God, that he's interested in our human needs. He wants to encounter us. He wants us to meet him. And so we see, first of all, that there is a paternal need, a paternal need. And so that's when we express our Father, our Father. 
there is a deep paternal need in mankind. There's a deep paternal need in all of our hearts and in our worship and so on. We have been growing in this area to be able to really truly sing, He is a good, good Father. And He loves us and we love Him. And more and more as we can receive that uh, paternal input from our Heavenly Father, the healthier we are. You know, I don't know what your experience was with fatherhood in your life. For some of us, we had wonderful, nurturing, uh, affirming fathers who would, who would really strengthen us, and we grew up strong in the nurture of our natural father. For some of us, we may have had fathers who were distant and busy and so involved with work to make a living and try to look after the family that they were emotionally distant and were not able to meet that deep need of our heart. And sometimes people have even had fathers who were neglectful or abusive. But we have a heavenly father who loves us and wants to meet all of our needs. And so he welcomes us to just come to him and say, Our father, our father, my father. In Galatians 4, 6, it talks about we've received the spirit of his son wherein we, we, where we express Abba, Father where we express our heart to the Lord. And most of us know that that term Abba means daddy, that we can just come to him with our whole heart. And he wants to meet those deep needs of our heart. I saw a beautiful example yesterday when we were skating. I'm not a skater, but I went to just observe, and it was fun to watch everybody having a good time. But there was a certain point, and we were sitting in the foyer there, and little Harmony was with her mom, and... and uh, the door was quite a way, long ways off. And all of a sudden, you heard this little girl just say, Daddy, 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 and just ran to the door and, and just jump up into her daddy's arms. And that's exactly what the, our Father God wants us to do. And that may be hard for us to relate to, but for those of us who saw that picture yesterday, that was pretty powerful. And then when she came back, she was in her daddy's arms, and she just touched his chest like this and said, my daddy, my daddy. So beautiful. And that's exactly how God wants us to come to him, our father. In Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and to those who knock, the door will be opened, and seeks, you will receive, and to those who knock, the door will be opened. And so um, just this week I had someone say to me, well, well why, doesn't, why doesn't he just tell you? Why do you have to ask? <laughs> why do you have to seek? Well, again, it's because he wants to have relationship with us. He wants us to keep asking. He wants us to keep seeking. He wants us to keep knocking so that we can receive all that he has for us. And later on in uh, verse 11 it says, if we're evil and we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does our Heavenly Father want to give good gifts to those who love Him? So He wants to give those good gifts to us, and He wants us to keep asking and seeking and knocking. And uh, every time I come to the place of prayer, I just feel the Lord just wanting to put more steel in my backbone to keep standing and praying and believing for Him to move on our behalf. But He is our Father, and He loves us. The second need is that we have a need for God's presence. That's why we worship. That's why we stand in worship, to experience the presence of God. 
and we think of that as, a, as here as we say, hallowed be your name, it could be referred to as the prayer of adoration. Have you ever seen a, a little child just take their hands and just cut somebody's face? And they come up close and they, that's exactly what this means. That it's the prayer of adoration as we worship him. And it says in Psalm 104 that we're to come into his presence with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because he's good and his mercy endures to all generations. We see the manifestation of the goodness of the heart of God, that he wants to be close to us and he wants us to experience him. The third uh, point here and topic is that we want and need to experience God's priorities in our lives. That's why we say, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven, that the, that the character of God and, and the principles of God would come to earth as they are in heaven. And it's, it's so wonderful to experience that. You know, earth's circumstances will succumb to inevitable consequences. Why? Because of the weakness of man's rule and because of the viciousness of the enemy's work. And we are seeing that. We're seeing that in lives, we can see it in our families sometimes, and yet God wants us to take our place, take our place in that place of kingdom authority, because Jesus is seated, seated at the right hand of the Father, he's ever making intercession, and Ephesians 2 tells us that we're seated with him in those heavenly places. So as we follow Jesus' footsteps in the place of prayer, that he will take us to a place of authority. That those are not just words, but there's something dynamic and powerful that happens when we say, your kingdom come, your will be done. In my life, in the life of my family, and in all the circumstances that we walk through. Because we need to take that place because there's so much that's happening in the world that is negative and difficult. And God wants us to bring his kingdom to earth as we stand in the place of worship, experiencing his presence, and also in the place of prayer. Number four, God wants us to experience his provision. We have a need for his provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. We sing this uh, song, this is my daily bread, your very words spoken to me. There's something tangible that God wants to bring to our lives. And, and uh, we can experience all of our needs met. It says that in Philippians 4, 9, that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All of our needs, emotional needs, physical needs, spiritual needs, uh, all the needs that we need to experience from him, he wants to meet. He wants to meet us in those places because he's such a good father. He's so wonderful to us, and he wants to give us that daily. The children of Israel, they had to go and gather that manna daily, didn't they? And we heard about that a couple of weeks ago with regard to the ability to grow comes through the ministry of the word of God. But it's fresh every day. They weren't allowed to go and gather it for the day after. It needed to be fresh every day. And that's what the word of God does for us, and it brings provision to our hearts and lives. And often we need those, uh, that provision in financial ways in our life, just tangible ways that our Father wants to meet our needs. Number five, we have a deep need for forgiveness and to forgive others. You know, I think every single day of our lives we have the opportunity to walk in forgiveness. 
And you know, sometimes we think, well, I just can't do that. I've been hurt too deeply. It's just too hard. And I always think of Jesus on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And sometimes when I find it difficult to forgive, and probably the greatest place where we need forgiveness and grace is for ourselves often, where if we miss the mark or we haven't attained to the degree that we have felt or had expectations of ourselves, we need to learn how to just be able to let that come to our heart. And you know, when that's difficult for me, I, I just sense the Lord, he, he passes us a gift of forgiveness. And we receive that, and we give that gift to one another, we give that gift to ourselves, because the Lord desires for us to receive that, that gift of forgiveness. And there's power in forgiveness. Often if I'm praying or ministering to people, I would say, can you come to a place of, of forgiveness in this area where, where you're hurting or where there's pain in your life? And, and uh, when you can take that step, I'd say there's, when we express forgiveness, there's power in that. And it releases the power of heaven on our behalf and removes the legal ground the enemy has to hold us in bondage. He wants to break that. Uh, Lord wants to break that legal ground that the enemy has to hold us. And one of the main ways that can happen is we just choose to forgive. I may not emotionally feel like it, but I'm going to obey the Lord. Because he says, forgive our debtors as we have been forgiven. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's a life of forgiveness. It's a daily walk of forgiveness that God gives us that blessing. He wants us also to know that we have a need to understand that we have the power over Satan, that we have the power over our enemy, uh, the enemy of our souls. Most of us know the story about Job, and he went through some extreme testing and extreme temptation. And the first verse says that, you know, Job was an upright man. He was a, he was a, a perfect man in many ways if a human being could be that upright and, and wonderful and blameless. And uh, the enemy came and, and wanted to uh, see if he could break through that, that barrier. Because it says that in Job 1.10, it says, I can't touch that, that man Job. I can't touch your servant Job because you've made a hedge around him. And for some reason to teach us and even for Job to walk through the, the issues that he had to walk through, the Lord permitted that hedge to be removed from him. But isn't it wonderful to know that there's a hedge around us, that God has placed a hedge around us, that we're protected from the enemy's assaults, if we can understand that, be hedged in around by the presence of the Lord. Uh, Pastor Jake mentioned this morning, uh, Psalm 91, 9 to 12, he was uh, praying for, for Hank, and it says, because we make the Lord our God our refuge, even the most high our dwelling place, no evil will befall us. Neither will any plague come near our dwelling, for he will give his angels charge over us to guard us in all our ways. And if we dash our foot against a stone, we will not be harmed. He's such a, an awesome God. And if you can just take that word and memorize that word, the whole, the whole of Psalm 91, it's, it is a hedge around us. I also enjoy putting on the whole armor of God for myself and for my family and, and to speak that verbally out loud every day. Like we put on our clothes, we don't go around naked, but we sometimes go around naked in the spirit without the armor of God on. So we can put on the armor of God. We can uh, put on the helmet of salvation. We have the breastplate of righteousness. Our loins are girded with truth. 
our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We can go where he wants us to go. We can do what he wants us to do. We hold up the shield of faith and extinguish every fiery dart of the enemy. Again, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we pray at all times, praying and making intercession. And that's a mighty weapon um, in, in our hand. And just to verbally speak it out, to declare these things is powerful. Often we pray inside, but, you know, in your own home, begin just to declare and speak the word of God because the Lord says, I want my house to be a house of prayer. I want your house to be a house of prayer. And as you declare the word of God in your household, even in the darkest circumstances, you know, when, when we fall or fall short, you know, as we begin to just bring the word of God into those circumstances and those situations, there's power in that. The forces of darkness have to be driven back and they have to go. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And uh, so we, we are, he leads us out of temptation and delivers us from evil, as, as this model prayer says. And then number seven, uh, we are in a culmination of expression again where we have a divine partnership with the Lord that we say, your kingdom come, your will be done. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever and ever, amen. We start with that intimacy and that worship and that praise and that connection and, and we finish with this. And, and as you use this model of prayer, you'll find that, that it, it will just expand and, and you will be able to just release a prayer that you had not anticipated you would be able to release. There's uh, two ways that we can pray perfectly. How many of you know you can pray perfectly? You can. You can pray perfectly. Probably think, oh, I don't think I can pray perfectly. I'm not very perfect. I'm not very capable. But we can pray perfectly. All of us can pray perfectly. And those ways are that we would pray. First and foremost, we'd pray the word of God. I believe God loves the expression of our hearts. Just me, old Adrian, just saying to him how I feel. And the same for you, just telling him how you feel. But, you know, he wants to take us beyond that to something that is sure and powerful, and that is the word of God. So we pray the word of God. And I encourage you, maybe there's some scriptures here that you can memorize and you can begin to declare and to use and to pray over yourself and over the circumstances of your life. I have some special uh, scriptures that I pray over my family particularly. And uh, uh, Margaret mentioned one in Joshua 24, 15 last week. She said, as for me and my house, I, we will serve the Lord. Can you hear the power in that? I mean, if you walk in your house and you declare that, you go into your kids' rooms, you go where there's trouble, 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 trouble in the rooms, in the house, and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what God desires us to have, that kind of authority in prayer. Isaiah 59, 21 is a personal one. It says, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon you. And the words I placed in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your children, nor out of the mouth of your children's children, saith the Lord, from this time forward, even forevermore. So for my kids, my son, my daughter, my grandchildren, I pray this, and it's so powerful, because sometimes we just don't know how to pray, and the word of God helps us so much. Some of us have prodigals in our family. We have a prodigals in our family. Most of us probably have prodigals in our family. And just recently, the Lord gave me a powerful scripture in Jeremiah 31, 16 and 17, that, I, that I've been praying over my grandson. 
and, and that the word of the Lord is this. This is what the Lord your God says. Do not weep any longer, for I will reward you, says the Lord. Your children shall return to you from the distant land of the enemy. There's hope for your future. Your children shall come again to their own land. And it's so powerful to be able to pray the truth of that word because the circumstances often are so negative and they, they're so contrary to what God's word says. But our God is a promise keeper. We sang that this morning. He keeps his promises. He's an awesome God. He's a good father. And he wants us to lay hold of those promises. So important if you can just take some portions of scripture that are important to you. You know, this is the Logos word. But there's a rhema word that God would bring. That, that rhema word means that he pulls a word out of the Logos word and he quickens it to our hearts. And when he quickens something to your heart, you get a hold of that. And you begin to use that and you begin to pray that. And it's a wonderful thing. Another uh, way, maybe you have some fears in your life and you can just look at those scriptures like 1 John 4, 18. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. For fear brings torment. But I'm being perfected in love. The love of God just shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost of the Holy Spirit, as Romans 5, 5 says. This is what he desires to do. Just get little portions of the word of God and declare it over your circumstances. Another way we can pray perfectly is when we pray in the Spirit. So we've been born again. We've experienced salvation. Many of us have been baptized in water, some even just recently. And so we've been following the footsteps of Jesus in that. And the Lord said, Jesus said before he went, I want to send my Holy Spirit to you. I want to give you a helper. I want to help you with those areas that you, you struggle in. And so many of us have experienced that fullness of the Holy Spirit, sometimes called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the overflow of the Holy Spirit. It just means lots of the Holy Spirit poured out in our hearts. We need that because we need help. I don't know about you, but I need help all the time. And so often we tend to lean on our own resources. And, and why does he say to ask us? Because he wants us to be dependent upon him. He wants us to be absolutely dependent upon him. And so there's a wonderful portion of scripture in Romans 8, 26 and 27 that I love. And it says it so clearly. For the spirit will help our weakness. For we don't know how to pray as we ought to. But the Spirit makes intercession with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is and intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now that's tacked on the end of that condition that when we're weak and we pray in the Holy Ghost, and you know it's, it can be controversial, the whole area of the gift of tongues. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that, that God has given us through um, when we see it in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. That it's one of the vocal gifts. And we can just release that and begin to pray. That may sound very foreign and strange to some of you. But you know that's the one gift of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us for our own personhood. I'm not talking about necessarily speaking in tongues in church because that needs to be interpreted. Everything needs to be in order. But I'm talking about the Holy Spirit where we are personally built up inside. And you know, you can speak wherever you want to go. 
Lord Jesus, I, I don't know how to pray as I ought to. You see, I'm interpreting it right now. That tongue I spoke over here, Lord Jesus, you do help my weaknesses because I don't know how to pray as I ought to. But your spirit makes intercession. Your spirit prays perfectly for me, for my family, for my circumstances, for my children, for my grandchildren. And the word of God says in, in Acts 2 that this promise is for you and it's that promises for your children and to all those who are afar off. We're the far off ones, and if ever we needed the Holy Spirit, we need it. We need it desperately. So we pray perfectly the word of God. Hallelujah. I'm just going to ask our worship team if they would come, please. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> you know, if you don't get used to being verbal and vocal... In a safe place like this, that means if you're excited about God, you love God, you say it. Come on. You say what's in your heart. And I know we're Canadians. I know we're all very conservative. I'm an alien. Always have been. I'm very thankful to be an alien because I know where I belong. But God wants to express our hearts to him. So I encourage you. It, there's freedom. Someone prayed in the prayer room this, this morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Hallelujah. We all want freedom. We all want freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You're not going to find freedom anywhere else except in the presence of the Lord. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that His Spirit, His love, and His life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.